Welcome to the Bridge Sermon Podcast. We hope you enjoy this special Vision Sunday message where our leaders share the exciting vision the Lord has placed on our hearts for this year and beyond. To access other resources or to find out more information about our church, visit thebridgespringfield.com or find us on social media at The Bridge Springfield. Um, welcome to Vision Sunday. I'm just going to quickly introduce everybody. Um, Derek is probably the only one you haven't seen like every week. <laughs> Derek's kind of been new to the um, um, stage besides playing keys. He's been doing announcements a couple weeks now, and he's now going to be our announcements guy, which is super exciting. Um, but basically, the people that you see on stage are our senior leadership team here at the bridge. So we have Dennis Kozloff. Good morning, uh, church. <laughs> we got to do our catchphrases. I don't have one yet. So uh, I'm just going to say, let's worship. No, um, I'm Wes Haney, the executive pastor. This is Derek Ellis. He's one of the church elders. And then this is Neil Haney, who is also my father. We share the same last name. He's a senior pastor because he's old. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm but just, I'm not telling a dad joke. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, so, yeah, uh, Dad, if you want to just go ahead and kick it off. Yeah. Uh, basically, today is going to be talking about the vision for this year, 2024. Last year, we unveiled our vision for what we basically said was what we feel like the entire future of our church. Like, right. from now until if God gives us a different vision later on, if he doesn't from now until eternity, basically. Yeah. We are like, this is what this church is called to be here for. This is what this church has been placed on the earth to do. Yep. And all the people in the room and all the people who belong to this church, um, we feel like our, we, God sent here to partner with us in that vision. So dad's going to basically just briefly recap that vision. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so take it away. Thank you. Uh, really excited. I want to welcome all of you to Vision Sunday 2024. This is always a highlight of my year. Uh, just, just really uh, has been awesome uh, sharing with you guys what we see uh, happening in the coming year. And so um, in the fall of 2022, we spent, well, the summer, fall, we, we spent about six months what Wes likes to call visioneering uh, our vision statement for the church. And like he said, it's, it's the vision statement that we're going to follow until Christ returns unless he gives us some, something else to replace that. But we don't see that happening uh, because the vision statement is the gospel changes everything. And uh, that is a big vision statement. You know, um, we, we followed a, a book as we processed through this and the, the author of that book pointed out that companies and corporations and churches and organizations will come up with some pithy uh, vision statement. They'll print it out. They'll frame it. They'll put it on the, you know, the walls of their organization and forget about it and never think about it again. And you know, what we want is a living, active vision statement that, that kind of um, is the engine or the at least the goal for everything that we're doing. And so um, the gospel uh, truly does change everything. Um, and, and so we're going to walk through a little bit of, of you know, uh, there were four things that, that went into formulating a vision statement, our, our mission statement, what we're about, uh, what we're, we're, we're shooting for in terms of just, you know, general everyday functioning, um, our values, 
our strategies, and then our metrics or our measures, how we do that. So I'm going to talk about values and mission statement, but the first thing I want to do is just try to explain uh, the gospel, because if the gospel changes everything, what's the gospel? And I think if you ask the average American Christian what the gospel is, you would either get blank stares or something that sounds very much like Jesus died for our sins so that God would love us and forgive us and we can go to heaven when we die. And that is super inspiring. I don't know about you, but that just does nothing for me. <laughs> I'm very thankful that our sins are forgiven and that Jesus died for me. And, and I'm looking forward to heaven, but I really have a lot of life to live, even at 65 before then. So I want to I wanna share with you one of the places that the, that the gospel is, is described in short order, and that is in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 9. So I'm going to read, read most of that uh, for you right now. And instead of using the word transgressions, I'm just going to say sins, because transgression is a particular type of sin. So we're talking about sins here. Uh, and I also want to say as a preface to this reading, the church of Ephesus was one of the best churches that was planted in the early church. In, in the book of Revelation, they're really described as one of the churches that were doing things right. They just kind of lost their focus a little bit on Jesus, but they were, they were a really good church. And John and Paul, the two great apostles, had a relationship with the church of Ephesus. So, um, so Paul is writing to a really good church, and I believe that we have a really good church. And, um, and so this is what he says as a reminder of the gospel. As for you, you were dead in your sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient, currently ongoingly disobedient to God. Now, that is Satan that we're talking about, the spirit of uh, the ruler of the kingdom of the air and the spirit at work in disobedience. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts, like the rest we were by nature. Now listen to this phrase, deserving of wrath. So what Paul is saying is that the rebellious human race who was living in sin, who was living in rebellion against God, really, I mean, if, if you came right down to it, any righteous judge person would say, you deserve death. You're a rebel, you're a traitor, you're a you know, you're, you're a tree, you, you've committed treason, you deserve death. But this is the gospel. This is the scandalous good news, even though we were deserving of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in our sins. Hallelujah. It is by grace you have been saved. In order that in the, uh, so, so, yeah, so let me skip to verse 8. No, no, let me, okay, verse 6, sorry. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. Hallelujah. Not by works. And so, um, <laughs> you know, the, the, if, if, this, this is really the heart of the gospel message of grace and if we can wrap our hearts and minds around this, it will change everything. And I'm going to explain that right now. So, so we, we came up with this, with this graphic, and I want to go ahead and put it up. It's, the, it's the, the graphic of the bridge. Do we have that? Just go to the next slide, sorry. Um, oh, Wes, you're doing it. Okay. So it's, it's the graphic of the bridge. 
You're fine. You know, vis- Vision Sundays are always absolutely flawless in every way. Here we go. Okay, yeah. We get. So, um, so look at the, the, the two boxes on either side. Um, the wilderness represents religion, dead religion. And, and so much of, unfortunately, American Christianity is just dead religion. We don't understand. We don't fully grasp the gospel of grace. And so, so many churches are still under the law, even though they don't realize it. And so dead religion is like a wilderness. It's, it has to do with the curse and, and, and death. And, and the garden, the blessing and, and life of abundant life in Christ is a mirage, and people feel like, if you see that list right there, people feel like they, you know, they're, they're sinners. You know, that's their identity is they're sinners. Uh, they're, they're living under law still, uh, striving and performing to hope to make God, uh, you know, like them and be pleased with them. And, and there's this separation mentality that God's over there and we're over here. And the gospel of grace changes that. We, we become sons and daughters of God. We become um, blessed with God's grace, God's unconditional acceptance of us. Um, we, get to, we just get to rest from our works. It says that in Hebrews 4. And, and, um, and we have union with Christ, eternal union with Christ. There's no separation. We live in union with our Lord and our Savior. And, uh, and we've been brought into the family of God as sons and daughters. That is the gospel. That is the good news. And the only way that that can be bridged is through the gospel of grace. Then we believe that the gospel changes everything. When you grasp that you're not a sinner saved by faith or grace, but you're a saint who sometimes sins, that that's your identity. You're a saint. That's what Paul, he never calls us sinners. No one ever calls us sinners in the new covenant. We're saints who sometimes sin. And, and I get so tired of hearing people say, well, I'm just an old sinner saved by grace. No, you were saved by grace, and now you were a sinner, but that's no longer your nature or your identity. You're in Christ Jesus. And so that's the gospel of grace, and it does change everything because we move into rest. We move into joy. We move into peace, and we live the Christian life in the abundant life that Christ said he came to give us, okay? okay. So, that's, so we're the, we're, we want to be a bridge. We're not the bridge, okay. although that's what we call our church, but we want to be a bridge from the wilderness of religion, dead religion, into the garden of God's grace where we, experiencing, we experience blessing in life. Um, so I want to read our mission statement and Dennis, did you want to comment on any of that? Oh, yeah. I just want you to know, if you're new, that we yeah. use the word religion uh, as a negative connotation, as right. a negative term. Religion, religious, as something opposite to the gospel. And this little graphic shows you, like, the essence of religion. Basically, it starts promising. It, it tells you about God and you and how it promises you to destroy to shorten the distance between you and God and to usually what happens at the end of the day they focus your attention on you and your uh, efforts to try to get rid of anything between you and God to draw near to God to get closer to God Uh, well the Bible calls it sin but if you see it it's a vicious cycle that starts in your life and it's a downward cycle so it starts very promising they a lot of preachers tell you like we'll show you the way how to draw near to God how to overcome sin in your life but what it does at the end of the day your eyes are fixed on yourself and you become like absorbed with yourself and you end up in a bad 
place where there is no presence of God. The gospel destroys this whole system and says, no, the only distance right now that exists between you and God is in your head. Because Jesus has done it all single-handedly and there is no more distance. There is no more barriers that the blood of Christ has not taken care of. Now you can enjoy the presence of God and bring the presence of God to other people's lives. Amen. Yeah, that's so true, man. That's so true. So, you know, if we're striving and performing and we feel like there's a separation that we have to do something to golf that or to, um, to bridge that gulf, uh, then it's a recipe for burnout, discouragement, and despair. And I know that firsthand because in 2012, that's exactly where I ended up, trying to perform for God, trying to earn his favor. And I crashed and burned in a big way in 2012. And God has raised me from the dead. And, and I have a, a, a new uh, gospel. I have a new understanding of the love of God. And, man, we're going to get into more of that today. Hallelujah. So what is our mission statement? What does that look like? Our mission statement is this. We're moving people from empty religion to heartfelt relationship with a loving God, that is the gospel, and launching them into their God-given destiny. You know, just to, to be able to look away from themselves and to look into the face of God and to see his acceptance and to begin to function out of that love into the lives of other people. Hallelujah. It's so good. Um, what are our values? What do we value as, as a church as a leadership team, uh, what are our motives, our non-negotiables, the things that we would die on the hill for? First of all, it's the gospel of grace. I've already talked about that, so I won't elaborate. Secondly, it's the inbreaking of the kingdom of God. We were 20 years in the vineyard, and that was that's the vineyard's vision, is, is just the rule and reign of Christ breaking into this world through his body, the resurrected body of Christ, which is what we are. And um, we practice that primarily through prophecy, through, through healing, through deliverance, uh, exercising the gifts of the Spirit. We believe that the gifts of the Spirit are for today, and we should be fully functional in those gifts. Another thing that we value is the presence, the manifest presence of God in our midst when we gather. And, and guys, I, I know that if you've been around here more than, than you know, a few weeks, you've experienced the manifest presence of God. And, and that's not because of that we're special. Um, we do pray for that every single day. We pray for the presence of God to come and be in our midst. But, but Jesus himself made this promise. He said in Matthew 18, 20, when two or more are gathered in my name, I am there in the midst. I am in, I'm in their midst, okay? And so that's, that's why we value so much gathering together. It's, it's one thing to watch online, and that's okay if that's all you can do or that's what you do. But, but what, what we want to encourage you to do is, is to be a part of this body or to find a body, a good church that believes in the gospel and teaches the gospel, and, and get together with other believers and experience that presence. Um, worship, we, we really value worship. If you've been around at all, you know we love warm, deep God-centered, you-God kind of worship. And, um, and the words to the songs and, and, and the songs themselves are, are just all about connecting with God, and, and we really have a high value on that. And then finally, oneness in the Spirit. Like we want to, we preached an entire series uh, this past year on being a part of the body. We are the local, a local body of Christ. And 
And so Jesus, or Paul says that as each one does its part, the body functions. And so we want to be one in the spirit together and, and function as a body. You're a, you're a, uh, eyes, your ears, your an elbow, your hands. I'm a mouth, um, with a nose, <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah. So, so anyway, we just, those are the things that we highly value. And so, um, I hope you enjoy the rest of this time. Go ahead, bro. Yeah. Awesome. So, um, amen. So that's, that's kind of a recap on what we shared a lot of in 2023 and we'll continue it, uh, a little bit more practically speaking of what we accomplished as a church, really. Uh, but first, I want to just show this really quick recap video that just has a slideshow of some pictures that Lily made from the, the past year. So. Awesome. So um, my favorite one on there is Rhett drumming. <laughs> he's a rock star. He's, he's already better than Jason, and he's like two. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> that's not a dig on Jason. That's actually... <laughs> no, it's not. We have a bar. <laughs> I was just red is super gifted. <laughs> just saying. So, um, so we're just going to talk briefly about uh, 2023 moments to celebrate, um, and what, how we're going to do that. As so, one of the things when we did our uh, vision development is we there were four things we focused on. It was our mission, our values, uh, and then basically those two things kind of explain like, what do we actually want to do as a church? And then there were two other ones, which are more practical. It's just our strategy and then our metrics. And it's like strategy and metrics is how do we actually go about doing this vision and how do we measure if it's actually working? So, um, the strategy and the, the metrics is more like internal, but like the strategy is we want to be preaching the gospel. These are all really practical, like verbs basically, but preaching, worshiping, releasing, and that can be confused with publishing. Releasing is not like music and stuff. That's actually like releasing the power of the spirit through like healing and prophecy and and different things like that. And then equipping, which is teachings, trainings, seminars, things like that, Uh, practical life stuff. Uh, And then publishing, which is live stream, social media, that kind of stuff. And then inviting, which is basically you guys. I mean, we obviously invite people, but when the word gets out, it's because of you. So uh, I'm just going to basically go through these and just kind of explain briefly how we touched on each one of those. And Dennis, if you want to go ahead and just mention the preaching one. Uh, yes, I celebrate the fact that we've been able to stay uh, steady on this road of preaching the gospel. So no matter what series we preach, no matter what topics we cover, there's always it's always connected to the gospel. It flows out of the gospel. That's why I, I, I keep telling you guys, if you have an unbelieving friend that is maybe already warming up to the gospel to God just bring him to church because he or she will hear the gospel here like 99% that whatever Sunday they would come they would hear about the love of the God of of God the Father manifested in Jesus Christ and these are the series that we've done Uh, we started the year with the heart of the new covenant then we've done this series long series three months long reigning in grace I'll, I'll share more about this series because it was very interesting experiment that was a great success uh, next one was living in his body we talked about the corporate or like uh, communal aspect of your Christian faith and the last one that just finished last Sunday uh, was called means of grace and that was practical things of Christian life connected to the gospel of grace yeah. amen so then the next one we have is, uh, is worship. 
And uh, worship is really interesting because it actually, like, obviously, I feel like worship has been um, a really awesome, like, it's mainly you guys. Like, we can play whatever we want up here, but the response is up to you guys. And you always come so hungry and ready to worship and just praise the Lord and uh, connect with him. And that's, as a worship leader, that is so awesome and exciting because every time I come and pro- plan a set and do this, it's, it's not like I feel like I'm doing it for nothing. It's, I don't have blank faces staring back at me holding coffee cups. Like, you know, it's like you guys, you praise Jesus, and it's so inspiring. And we have a freedom. Like, people can sit. People can flop exactly. on the floor. People can, <laughs> can raise their hands and close their hands, whatever. Yeah. That's why we dim the light. So you don't think about how you look like. You just engage with the Lord. Exactly. And then what was also cool is on the outside of things, our church was able to partner with five major organizations uh, last year, where our worship teams, were, which is really, really awesome. Uh, the first one, as you guys remember, was uh, Restoration Park. We did a joint worship night with them. They invited us to come, and we, we did that together. Uh, our church, for like the third year in a row, has been invited to do Spiritual Emphasis Week at Emmanuel Christian. So our worship team comes, and we do worship for them. And um, the last one is we got uh, invited to actually lead worship at Fellowship Church. Uh, Our team came, and and it was a really awesome opportunity to connect with just other churches in the city. That's something we actually talked about was when we became the bridge, I said one vision that I have is actually we bridge out and we connect with other churches in the city. So that was really cool opportunities. When I moved down to releasing, uh, those we really focus on like, our prayer ministry teams and the altar that meets every Saturday and our uh, prayer team that meets weekly or daily down in the fireside hall. Uh, I mean, they're releasing through intercession and through like actually laying on of hands on Sunday mornings and stuff. All kinds of amazing testimonies uh, come out of those times. God's moving powerfully. Um, And once again, they'll be up here on either side of the wings during worship about halfway through the set they come up and if you want prayer you want to accept jesus or if you have like a prayer need or if you want healing whatever there are going to be people here and the other one is the conferences so when we uh last year we announced that we were decided to host conferences for the first time we basically wanted to use that that time as um a way of basically it's different than Sunday morning. It's more focused on things like prophecy. It's more focused on like a deep encounter with Jesus. Um, And what's actually really exciting is um, this year, we're doubling the amount of conferences that we've had. So last year we had two, this year we're gonna have four and we'll talk more about that in a little bit. Uh, But the equipping uh, one, since Dennis is the equipping pastor, I'm gonna let him (laughs) share about that a little bit, so. Yeah, we, we celebrate the fact that we've been able to do a lot of trainings through the year. I mean, if you only come on Sundays, you don't see this part of the work of the church, but it's happening on the ongoing basis. So we've been uh, training prayer ministry uh, team that takes place about four times a year. This is to kind of make sure people don't get rusty and also bring new people in. And by the end of this year, we've been able to increase the team of prayer ministry from about 10 people to over 20, right? So those guys who are always here to, uh, praying for people, they can take a break and they can just give themselves to worship. Another one. And again, I just want you to know we, we're, we're celebrating us, you and us together. It's not like, oh, these guys are so cool. They're doing so much. We, we're zero without you. But with you, we're 100, Literally. we're 200, we're 1,000, we're a million, we're spreading, we're taking over the Springfield and Clark County and the world. Come on. That's you guys. It's a joy fair, all right? So 
dream interpretation training I've done it for the first time ever many people were like fascinated and they started like hearing God through their dreams because God speaks through their dreams do you know that if you don't know that stay with our church you'll learn more about it on the shameless plug right uh, prayer journaling training took place we we train people how to have a quiet time with the Lord and learn how to dis, uh, discern his voice within you and write it down and have a dialogue and ask questions and receive answers another one was uh, we trained oh that was so awesome Neil went on sabbatical for three months yeah good for Neil not so good for me uh, because my option was like preach every Sunday and maybe like every once in a while invite somebody from the outside, uh, you know, outside guest to speak to give me a little bit of relief. And I decided to do something totally different. I decided to find people within this body, you guys, approach number of people and invite them to be part of the series of messages. And we had three months when seamlessly... Just like when I do it with Neil, it was me preaching one Sunday, then somebody else from within the house would preach. And we gathered seven people, and that was a wonderful series of messages. Very diverse, but still united and hitting the target. And it was amazing. So Amen. it just tells you how many people are full of talents and the gifts of God here. And the final one, we... we a couple of years ago, we introduced the concept of connect groups that we do through the year, twice a year. And every time we do it, I need to enlist new people to lead the group or host the group. And we've been able, as, a, uh, as usual, we, we've been able to do about like, I don't, I don't remember, like 14 people to be leaders. We had a bunch of groups. A lot of you guys got to know each other and connect. So, and Neil, uh, can you give a like brief definition of what integrated healing is? Sure, yeah. Just um, two, ver two sentences. Yeah, so, so people are, are I mean, in, in this world, we will have tribulation, right? And so we end up with wounds and we end up with um, uh, oppression from the enemy. And uh, the Lord has, has given me, th th over a period of 35 years of trial and error and lots of, you know, resources... Uh, a ministry called Integrated Healing that involves uh, the, the, the ministry of Jesus to wounds that we experience and then dealing with the oppression of the enemy, uh, getting rid of demonic uh, parasites uh, that oppress us. And it's, it's a powerful, powerful thing. And I have done a lot of this myself, but what, what I'm trying to do in these seminars is to continue to press this out in the body so that you guys can practice this because it's not rocket science. And God has given us, each one of us, the authority to, um, to do this. So anyway, I won't explain more. We're going to have a, a, a seminar in, coming up in early spring. And so I invite all of you to sign up for that and go through yeah, it. Yeah, but in 2023, Neil trained uh, another group of people who now are ministering to people. That's another thing. Yeah. Like, I'm preaching every Sunday. I want to see a lot of preachers to be raised from among you guys. He's uh, delivering people and helping them. He wants to see people raised up to deliver people. Uh, Wes is raising people who would lead people in worship. We'll talk more about Derek. Derek is a pretty cool guy, and he's into discipleship pretty cool and evangelism. Guy. Yes. Uh, so, so there's a lot of things that took place in 2023, and we celebrate them, and we thank the Lord for them. 
Amen. And then, uh, so there's two more publishing. Uh, so as you guys know, in October of 2022, we started live streaming. And then last year's Vision Sunday was kind of like, uh, this is what the, um, this is what we've done so far. Um, and it, we've been, only been streaming for five months and we had a little over a hundred thousand total views, um, which is amazing. Cause like if we're a church that's preaching the gospel, that means that a hundred thousand people heard the gospel, right? So that's amazing. Um, but, uh, this was the first full year of us live streaming. So we had 52 services recorded that um, basically we went the entire year recording each service. There was a period where a storm knocked out our internet connection and we were recording and posting the services. So we weren't streaming every week, but we would have been. So um, yeah, and that's amazing. And um, I think we don't have the stats for this year, to be honest. I didn't even look at them, but I would assume that it's more than 100,000. Uh, and what's really cool is that Lily takes and reuses the content from our live stream, like messages and things like that, and republishes them. And on Instagram, we get lots and lots of views just from people anywhere in the world, which is a really cool thing. So, And then Dennis has a special ministry that he does with, with his YouTube channel. So, Yeah, like I started a channel, YouTube channel for Russian-speaking Christians, for Russian-speaking people. And when we started live streaming, I started translating some of our messages. For a while, it was getting some traction. Then it kind of plateaued, and I, then I kind of lost interest in it. But all of a sudden, this last June, I started interviewing people, and that gave new life to the channel. All of a sudden, it started getting a lot of traction. It spiked up like I've never seen before. And because of that, our messages got more exposure, and people began to listen to our messages in Russian. So you can go to my channel. You hear Neil speaking gibberish. It's Russian. Uh, <coughs> and me speaking in Russian, I'm translating my own messages. So I deliver them in English to you. I translate them into Russian. They say, wait a minute, it's the same voice. Why are you speaking in two languages? Anyway, but listen, like this June, it started going like crazy. I'll give you just some stats. I didn't see it coming. So for about two years, I could not get to 1,000 subscribers. Since June, I get over 9,200 subscribers. Uh, over over half million views, 668,000 uh, and like, yeah, total views, 217,000 hours of people watching from all over the world. So basically, I give Neil a reason to brag and tell to anybody, hey, by the way, do you know that I'm an international speaker listened by thousands of people all over the world? Yeah. Come on. Anyway, but it's, it's, I didn't see it coming. The Lord is just blessing and yeah. like, wow, that's amazing. Yeah, that's awesome. It's been effortless. <laughs> well, just, for him, because I'm doing all the translation yeah. and everything. <laughs> so uh, the last one is inviting. And this one's a really cool one because, um, so I don't know if, how many of you know this, but we, the connection cards, we do track them when, when new people come and, we, and they write things on them. We actually track them. And so for the longest time from... When, so for those of you who don't know this, in 2019, our average attendance was about 55. Um, and then 2020 happened and all the churches closed down and we're like, we don't have anybody, so we can just stay open. And then suddenly we like tripled in size and we were like, oh my gosh. And, and basically everybody had heard about our church from social media or from online. And they just, basically the number one reason that people were coming to our church was they saw us online, which is really cool. That means Lily's doing a really good job, basically. Um, but... In 2023, that shifted from I met I saw you on social media by to 
uh, somebody invited me, basically. So that's you guys, and that's amazing. And because of that, we broke the 200 barrier for average attendance in 2023. So our average attendance right now, I think, is something like 200 or 220, something like that. And how many did we have for Christmas? For Christmas. Yeah, we had 300. I yeah, think. so yeah. We, we have a set, new set of new problems, which are good problems. Yeah. Not enough uh, seating. We had to increase the number of chairs last year. Yeah. Not enough parking. Parking so is the big good one. good problems. Yeah. But, but yeah, you're going to fix them, guys. <laughs> well, and I wanted to say, too, that the 200 you, church growth experts say that there are certain benchmarks that are very difficult to pass. And it's like 100, 200. 500, 1,000, and so it was just effortless. Like, the Lord, it was slow and sustainable and, like, effortless. So the Lord was, like, so gracious and kind to us that it just kind of, like, it just happened. And so we're really thankful for that. And that's, like, because to of you. your yeah. credit. That's and also, amazing. I would just say, like, keep, if you love what God's doing here, keep inviting people because they're coming. Like, it's, that's proof. You know what I mean? So we're now going to shift a little bit into talking about the spiritual aspect and the thing that we feel like God is calling us to really press into in 2024. And Dennis is going to share a bit about that. Yeah, so. just saying the same thing. We're going to continue to be faithful to the vision to preach the gospel. <clears throat> but the gospel is very rich. Paul said, I am called to preach the unsearchable riches of Christ. So it's like a chest full of treasure. So you need to pick up something specific. And we felt like for this year, for 2024, the Lord led us to focus on the Father's love. You see, Jesus, when he came, he spoke a lot about the kingdom of God, right? But if you pay attention, he never referred to God as the king or as the creator or as the Lord of heaven and earth. He mentioned these, but he would always, always say, my Father. And he said, no one knows the Father but the Son. I'm going to read a couple of verses for you. And actually, I need to... Oh, I can read them from the screen, right? Yes. Uh, I will do 1519, John 1519. Oh, is it 59? As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. He's saying that he is extending the love that he experiences with his Father to you. And he says, abide in my love. That's the focus of this year. We want you to focus on this love and abide this love, to know this love, to agree with this love first, maybe intellectually, then maybe at the level of your heart, to come to the experience of this love and experience leads to transformation. Let's read the next one, 1030. And I and the Father are one. Jesus came to make sure that you are able to say the same thing in your life. I and the Father are one. Not because of your efforts or your spiritual, you know, achievements, but because of Jesus' work. Uh, the next one is 14.10. Do you not believe that I'm in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his work. In 14.11. And 14.11. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or else believe an account of the works, uh, the works themselves. And there's one more passage that I didn't submit to, uh, uh, to Wes, but I'm going to read it from, from my iPad because this, this is one of the key messages, so I didn't want to skip it. It's, it's 1420. 1420, yes, uh, right here. In that day, Jesus said, 
you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. Verse 21, whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And listen, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Yeah. Everything is in these two verses. Basically, we want all of us, all of us together to come to know the love of the Father. We want to like if you wake me up in the middle of the night and ask me about God, the first thing I would come up, He's my loving Father because He loves me and I know it. I know it not just here. I know it here and I also know it by experience because we believe that uh, we, we use this word a lot in the church. We call it experiential knowledge. We don't believe just in theoretical uh, brain knowledge. We believe in experiential knowledge. So the truth leads you to experience, and experience leads the, to, to transformation of your life. And when you get transformed, you transform others. As we were discussing that, we started listing, like, how does it feel like when you come into the loving embrace of the Father, God the Father, as, the loving, as a loving Father, and we started listing, like, adjectives like safe, uh, peaceful, joyful, uh, tranquil, free. So, and it's, we, 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 we put it all together in one term, homecoming. Homecoming. There is a story of two sons. One was working hard for the father. Another one uh, defied the father's authority and left. Both of them were lost. Because both of them did not know the heart of the Father. And unfortunately, that's the majority of Christians today. They live, they talk about God, they talk about Creator. They do not know their Father in their personal life. This intimate, personal, familial knowledge. We want to bring it to our church. We want to focus on the church. And we want to be able to... to to bring you all into experience and for diff for many of you it will look different like some of you uh struggles with depression if you let the love of the father come into this realm of your life your your depression will be driven out that's the promise of the bible some of you struggle with uh trust you like you you're you're uh you're anxious about the future you can't really relax and trust the lord when you begin to experience the love of the Father, you will. It, Jesus said, the perfect love casts out all fear. We want you to find the specific area of your life that is, seems to be void of the love of the Father. And together with us to press into the love of the Father. And to let the love of the Father come and transform this area of life. That's our goal for preaching this, this, this year. Amen. Yeah, so I just want to add a couple comments. Um, uh, we didn't uh, sit around and say, hey, here, I think this would be a good theme for this coming year, you know, God's love, the Father's love. We kind of, as we were processing Vision Sunday and talking about it, we kept coming back to, um, you know, people come here and they say, this feels like home. And why is that? And, you know, if you ask a group of people, any group of people, what, what do you think of when you hear the word home? They, think, they say things like safety, security, acceptance, being embraced, being cherished, being loved, being, you know, uh, accepted unconditionally. And um, 
in, in the story of the prodigal son, that was the father. He was home. And if you take the father out of the equation, the prodigal has nothing to come home to because it's, there's just a house and then there's this legalistic religious older brother that's trying to work to please his father. So the father is home. And, and so um, uh, what, one of the things I want to say is that, that you can hear that we're going to focus on the love of God this year. And it's like, okay, yeah, God, Jesus loves me. This I know for the Bible tells me so. Got it, Neil. Let's move on. No, I, as, as, we came, as, as we backed into this theme and God showed us this is it for the year, I began to pray, Lord, I don't think I understand the Father's love enough. And for the last two months, I've been overwhelmed. I just started praying, Lord, show me your love. Father, show me your love. And, and as that's happened, it's just wrecking me in a good way. And it's changing me from the inside out. And, and a lot of fear and anxiety is leaving that I had left over. And so, um, and I'm so excited for the, the next the sermon series we're about to do and every subsequent series after that because this will change your life if you get a hold of it. And I just wanted to share too, and Neil touched on it a little bit, is that we're not you know, this focus for 2024 on the Father's love, it's not like the four of us have it figured out and we're like imparting it to you. It's very much a journey, like Neil said, that even we are on. You know, like I, when we were talking about themes, I even brought up myself, I was like, man, I've had these encounters with the Lord lately where he's been like, why don't you believe that I love you? And I was like, I do believe that I love you. You know, like the Jesus loves me. I know the song. And he was like, no, like, why don't you truly believe this? And so that like sparked a conversation of, man, is this something that we are really grasping? So I think what I want to communicate through that is like, we are on this journey with you guys. Like we are, this is not something we're coming in with expert as experts and we have it figured out. It is something that we are pressing into as well. And like, just kind of like leading and like pioneering the way into that for you guys. We're basically, we're scratching the surface together and it's amazing. Come on. That's awesome. So now we're going to transition a little bit to the more practical things that are going to be happening this year as we move through the year. Um, and the first one, I just want to kind of talk you guys through what we've been processing with our senior leadership team and like way we function and different things like that. So for those of you who don't know, there is no boss at our church. We have an elder team who oversees our pastoral team, who is us. We are all basically on the same level. And we report to the elders. We are part of the elder team, but when they make decisions that regard us, we remove ourselves from that. So that's how that functions. Um, and, and then obviously we have st- people on staff and things like that that we each oversee in some way. Um, and, and yeah, so one of the things that I want to kind of describe is, and we've talked about this, when we started doing the renovation, this was actually practical. Uh, but I want to kind of paint a picture for you. When we're, we're, we've talked about the bridge being a, a church plant basically because it was like we completely re- put the reset button on our church and God helped us do that by COVID. <laughs> Not that God caused COVID, but it was like, here, this is going to happen around this time and your church is just going to completely change from the inside out. And so um, it was like, it was already doing that, but that just absolutely concentrated the whole process of that. So um, 
we basically described our church as it was a rundown piece of property that was completely neglected and it needed a renovation, basically. And I was actually thinking of Eli and Nancy Worley. For those of you who don't know, they bought a house on South Fountain for like, what, it was like 29000 or something like that. It was like pretty much hollowed out. And then they just spent a bunch of time just completely renovating the inside of it. And it looks incredible. Like, it's amazing. You go inside and it's like, wow. And then what's crazy is they'll take you upstairs and they'll just open a door. And it's just like, <laughs> it looks how it did when they bought the house. And it, we feel like our house is the same way. It take, it's a process of renovating an entire building, so to speak. So when we look at our church... I picture, we call, we, talk, we call these rooms in the house. So if you can picture the bridge as a house, worship is a room, preaching is a room, children's ministry is a room, small groups is a room. So for instance, in this scenario, small groups would have been the room that we've most recently renovated because we originally didn't even have it. It was just a shell that we needed electricity and drywall. And so we took the time to quote unquote renovate this and now it's a functioning room for our church. But there are still rooms that are neglected. So I would want to point maybe four of these out just to give you an example. So marriage ministry, discipleship, evangelism slash outreach, young adults ministry, that's like college age kids. Like this is areas that just because they're not focused on by our church doesn't mean we don't care about them. In fact, we care about them deeply and it grieves us that they're not happening. So, but the problem is, next slide, if you look at our current senior leadership team, these are the roles that we all play. So my dad, Pastor Neil, preaching, vision development, seminars and trainings, series planning, pastoral care, counseling, integrated healing, city and church networking. I do live stream coordination. I'm the media director. I'm the worship director. I do the service planning. I do event coordination, like trunk or treat. I'm technical administration, so like IT, basically. Building maintenance, production development, which is like lighting and projectors and things. Vision development, city and church networking. Dennis does preaching, seminars, series training. He does assimilation, so he's really involved with like the connect cards and things like that. Uh, connect groups, vision development, city and church networking, and like ministry publishing, like what he does on YouTube. So our plates are overflowing, basically. And the, in order for these things to be taken care of, we need people sent to us to take care of them, basically, is what we're realizing. So there, there are many more rooms than there this, are a ton but, yeah. more. Those are just examples of things that are really pressing on our hearts that we want to see happen here. We want to see God really moving and we want to see this be really, really healthy. So as we keep going on this little journey, basically my father-in-law, David, hi, David, thank you for watching. We love you. Uh, he's really heavily involved in our church, actually, in a lot of ways. He comes in as a consultant all the time, and it's just like the most amazing thing. So one of the first things that we did when we were kind of talking about like, man, we need to grow in these areas, but we don't know what to do. The first thing he suggested is, why don't you guys take a spiritual gifts test? So we were like, that's actually a really good idea. So uh, we took a spiritual gifts test, and this is what they came up as. I don't know if you guys have ever taken one of those. Raise your hand if you've taken a spiritual gifts test before. I'd say they're actually really important because it kind of helps you to understand how like the, the gifts that God helps you, like it helps you understand yourself in functioning in the kingdom in some ways. So one thing that's really important to point out, and we've always talked about that the gift of this house is prophecy. We believe that God has given almost everybody in here a prophetic gift to speak into people's lives. And so what you'll see is that prophecy is super high on everybody's list, basically. 
And then when you keep looking, you basically see in the green, it's like, okay, yeah, well, these are the ways that these people are functioning in the church right now. And these are their obvious gifts. You got dad who's teaching and pastoring and exhortation. And you have me who's doing like administration and like doing leadership, like leading all these different like media and like worship leading and all that stuff. And then you have Dennis who's teaching and he's doing leadership and he's doing a lot of apostolic work. Like he keeps going to Florida and to Pennsylvania to these Russian churches that are starting and helping them church plant and all these different things. And it's really amazing. But the thing that David pointed out to us, which is super fascinating, is we all have one collective blind spot. There is, there is an area that all of us are low in. And we're like, oh, actually, that's true. It's mercy, ironically, giving and serving. And those, those flush out in different ways in church. It's not like I don't give mercy to anybody and I have no sympathy and I'm not going to serve because I work very hard and all this stuff. But it's like those are things that I'm not necessarily passionate about, if that makes sense. So... In comes Derek. <laughs> so first of all, prophecies number one. And if you notice, the red are... <laughs> so basically what ended up happening was David basically said, I believe that God is sending you someone. And Derek just so happened to start going to these meetings. He's like, hey, why don't you take a spiritual gifts test with them? And we were like, okay. And then David was literally just sat down with us and basically I think God sent you Derek. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> we love Derek. So... I'm just basically going to say this. Would you guys help me welcome Derek as what we're going to be calling our discipleship pastor? We love you, bro. So now, officially, our senior leadership team will consist of four pastors. We have our senior pastor, we have our executive pastor, equipping pastor, and now we have our discipleship pastor, officially, which is amazing. So, um, and I just want to say a quick... Hey, baby. (laughs) That is my daughter. Um, I just want to say a couple really brief things about this. So um, Derek actually isn't filling a job opening. We, he was sent here by the Lord. And for those of you who know his story, God called him two years ago to leave the church he was at and come here for no reason. We didn't ask him to. God was just like, go to, at the time, Vineyard Northridge, And basically, I will show you what you're supposed to do. So he comes, and he does three things. Well, the first thing is he he actually listens to the Lord. He's obedient. He trusts him. He he. They come to this church. They don't know one. Okay. And the first Sunday they were here, Dennis called Red out for crying in the middle of the service, and there I was like, they're never gonna come back. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, We were talking about that last night. It was a funny story, but. Yeah, you you were like I have uh, no memory uh, of that. No, no, Rhett was like playing with a noisemaker, and he's like, "Oh, can you stop that noise from happening?" And they're like, "Oh my gosh, no, really funny." But the last one they did it was they started serving. They just got involved, right? And this journey basically led the led them to this point right here. And I just want to say, basically, there are probably a few people in this room that are God's called here to steward a room. And you're probably at either the beginning or the middle part of that two or even longer or even shorter year journey that Derek was on to get to this point. And we believe that God is sending specific people. God uses people, not systems. He uses people. And we believe that the bridge, quote unquote, the planks of the bridge that God is building, the foundation of this thing that he wants to do in the city through our church, I believe, 
and obviously other churches as well, but we believe that God is like, like, you know, obviously we're the pastors of this church. So we feel like God's moving powerfully and we want to affect the city. But we, we, we need all those rooms to be fixed up and for someone to be tending to them. And so I want, this might be speaking to specific people in the room, but I basically want to encourage you, if you feel like that's you and you have a passion for something and you feel like God sent you here, I really want you to pray and to ask the Lord, like, what's the next step, basically? So, um, yeah. Um, Derek, why don't you share a bit? Awesome. Um, thank you guys for the welcome. That was very kind of you guys. Yeah, so my, when we start talking about discipleship, I don't know if anybody feels this way, but sometimes us Christians can be real weird. And we just come up, like we have phrases that are used nowhere else. Yeah, like so discipleship I think is one of those phrases because you don't hear someone in like, you know, the rest of life, like, I'm a real disciple of that person. Like, that's a weird phrase. Um, So I had to do some work into, like, what does discipleship mean? And I needed to demystify it for myself. And so the definition of discipleship is the process of being transformed into the likeness of Jesus. And when I realized that, I realized that's my passion. My other job is I'm a counselor, and I want to see people freed and healed and made into the likeness of everything God has called them to do. So it's my passion. So stepping into this, I was like, man, this is my heartbeat. You know, this is what I love to see. And so the Bible says that people perish for a lack of vision. And I was like, so I need vision, Lord. What do you want to do with discipleship at the bridge? And so he gave me this phrase, cultivating disciples who are rooted in the Father's love, awake to Christ's grace, and empowered by the Spirit to generously serve others with their God-given giftings to co-labor with Christ in building his kingdom. I know it's a mouthful, but it's what the Lord told me. So um, take it up with him. Um, So what is my role? What do I view as my role here at the bridge? And I see it in three parts. One, I want to help existing ministries to have one singular focus, which is to experience the Father's love. I want every room of the house, I want to help existing ministries. When people leave there, I had an encounter with the Father's love. And so what do we need to do to make that? So that's a possibility every single Sunday and throughout the entire week. The other thing is that I want to create new opportunities So like Wes said, there are rooms in the house that are not attended to, whether it's outreach or stewardship or um, marriage ministry. And I believe that these are programs, and I know people like, whoa, that's like a, you know, churchy term, programs. I want to redeem that a little bit, because I believe that programs in the church can be means of grace where people are positioned to receive something from the Lord. Right, And so I want to make sure that those rooms in the house are ready so that people can enter those rooms and find their spot here in this house and really encounter the Father's love. And the last thing that I want to do is I want to create systems with the pastoral team where I want to assess and I want to identify giftings within this body. Because like Wes said, 
every one of you has a testimony and a gifting, and the Lord has done something in your life, and we need that. And so I don't want anyone in this church to feel unseen, unappreciated, unknown. Instead, I want every person and for us to work as a church to identify you, to see you, and to plug you into the right place because we need you. This is not about us doing the work of the ministry. We equip people to do the work of the ministry. So I'm super excited to start doing that so that you guys can just live out the way that God has called you to be. And I know Neil wanted to share something. Amen. Um, man, Derek, that is awesome. What, what a great vision for your, your role. Um, I want to say quickly that, you know, uh, equipping pastor, executive pastor, discipling pastor, discipleship pastor, even senior pastor, th- those, those titles don't communicate everything that we're about, obviously. Uh, we have multiple responsibilities, but we, we just tried to find the best term that best fit those. So just, you know, don't worry about titles. We're, we're, we're just trying to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, and that's you. And so, but what Derek just described, in the 28 years that I've been senior pastor here, I've, I've been longing for these things to happen. But I'm not gifted to, I'm a teaching counselor type person I like like I say counsel I'm, I'm not talking about professional counseling but integrated healing type stuff but but I'm I'm shepherding. a teacher you're a shepherd I'm a shepherd yeah. that's right I'm a shepherd and so um shepherds don't do a good job of what he's talking about and and so I'm absolutely thrilled that we have someone who who fits what we don't carry the three of us don't carry that can come in and fill that space there and uh I am super excited about this. Yeah, amen. Yeah, so now we're going to move on to, so that was that's kind of like our vision for 24 spiritually and something that's really, really big that's basically happening this year. Uh, but now we're going to move on to just our 2024 like kind of practical plans and goals, so to speak. Uh, so the first one is, Dennis, you're going to talk about the seminar or the, uh, the training. Oh, yeah. Uh, As a result of this YouTube channel, I ended up leading an online school, and there are like 500 Russians who signed up for for that school that took place for two months. Uh, It was tiresome for me because there were four meetings a week uh, with people from different time zones, but it's so worth it and rewarding because people began to learn how to hear God in their life. The course was called basically how to hear God in your life and it was such a success when I shared it with Neil Neil said we must do it in our church so in 2024 uh, we need to create a set of materials we're going to invite you to join an online class it's not going to be like a a connect group because in connect groups there are no homework no nothing just connect just talk to people in this one there'll be homework there'll be exercises that you're supposed to do but it will really help you to discern God's voice in your life. And this is not a luxury, as I say. In, this, in times like this, you need to know the voice of God in your life. So I invite you to join that group, that, that online school, when we make it available in 2024. Amen. So another thing I mentioned earlier is that we're actually going to be having four conferences instead of two this year, which is super, super exciting. Um, so these are the four. So the Seed Youth Conference actually already happened, and I'm just going to briefly explain what that was. 
Um, so Emmanuel Christian for the third year in a row came to us and said, will you do spiritual emphasis week, um, for our students? And I said, because what that means is we basically, we take all our stuff to the church and for, for an hour, once a week, just for the sake of one person who doesn't know what Emmanuel. Yeah. Emmanuel Christian is the Christian school in the city. One of the Christian schools in the city. So, um, yeah, that's great. So I basically was like, this is a ton of work. We basically do one hour of each school day for an entire week. And I said to the superintendent, I said, what if, hear me out, what if we brought the kids to our church for one day? And they were like, that would be awesome. So we actually hosted all of Emmanuel Christian uh, last week. It was two Tuesdays ago, uh, two, two weeks ago. Uh, for what we call the Seed Youth Conference, which is this uh, Spiritual Emphasis Encounter Day. And that was such an awesome thing. Like the kids, like there were obviously mixed reviews from some kids because there's a ton of different denominations. Uh, but the overwhelming majority was that kids really enjoyed it and really actually Im- were impacted and felt the Lord. Yeah, so, I, <laughs> I, I want to share something really cool. Wes, if, if those of you, for those of you who don't know, Wes writes his own music. It's the music that... I'm already too old to understand fully. It's, it's, it appeals to younger generation. It's electronic music, but it's a Christian music. It has a lyrics about God. Uh, so <laughs> I once watched Wes perform before the group of, a lot of them were elderly people. And I don't know how he did that. He acted like, I don't know what, you, did you imagine young people raving about your music? Because they were like, and like, it was I'm, tough. I'm a preacher, so I, you know me. I need a feedback from the audience. I need a contact with them. I, I think it's actually more important with music, to be honest. And probably <laughs> so. I don't know how he did that. It was, but it was tough, like, man. He was like doing that thing, and people were like watching him like in the zoo. And <laughs> so finally, but he's been rewarded. This time all these young uh, kids, they're here, and they're still kind of a little bit of stiff in the beginning of his set. But by the end of the set, they are like into it fully, wholeheartedly. And even their bodies participate. You want to show a little clip what was happening? I was concerned for our building. I was like, ah, they're going to destroy the church. Uh, I just want to tell you guys, that's, that's amazing. You know, I want to encourage, especially those of you who are uh, people of more mature, let's put it this way, more seasoned. I want you to be non-judgmental. Uh, if you don't understand something, it's not a good reason to judge it. Just see if it attracts young people to lift the name of Jesus Christ. And if it does... Good, because that place and that group has a future. This place has a future. One more thing to celebrate. We had tons of babies born in 2023. Praise the Lord. So I will say, so I was running lights during Wes's set. One of the funniest moments was when I say there was crowd surfing, there's legit a kid 
that started crowd yeah. surfing and the teachers did not know what to do. Like there's no, there's was, no like so, protocol yeah, we for did, like what to do when your student yeah. starts crowd surfing. They, they called for an encore of one of the songs. Like play the song again. So t- you have to keep in mind, this happened right where I'm sitting basically. Like my setup was here. Everyone was in here. And this kid, like the drop's about to happen and this kid jumps up right here and he's like, what? Two? And then he just jumps on all his <laughs> friends and then he's just like, Ooh! And then, like, literally, like, three seconds later, you see, like, three teachers, like, walking by, like, uh. <laughs> It was crazy. I think we actually caught it on film. Bobby was the one filming that, so wherever he is. Oh, he's in the green room. But, uh, yeah, thank you, Bobby. You're amazing. Um, so just to recap as well. So we did RAIN, which is our women's conference, in March of 2023. And it will be happening in eight weeks. We're doing it again. We have Leslie Crandall from Bethel Church coming. It's honestly, it's going to be awesome. I'm super excited. Women's conference. Yes. And then we are doing uh, Oasis. And just to say, um, so we're also doing what's called, what we're calling the Bridge Conference. And not to be confused with the name of our church, we are actually believing that this is a prophetic name for what God's doing at this conference. So this is an international conference. And for those of you who are at Oasis, it's very similar so basically, we're having two speakers. It's going to be, uh, for those of you who know, I remember Elena, she came, she spoke Russian, she, Dennis translated for her. She was like one of the last guest speakers we've had. Um, and then uh, Bruce Allen, who is a minister from Sacramento or Spokane. Spokane. So Washington. Oh, got it. Okay. So, uh, so we have an English speaker and we have a Russian speaker and we have tons of Russian people coming from all over the States and flying from Russia for this conference. Actually, Russian speaking, which means Ukrainians, yes. Russians, Belar- uh, Belar- people from Belarus, Moldova, so, yes. former Soviet Union, basically. Yeah. But what's really amazing about that is because of all the tension and conflict in the world right now, we believe that God's bringing these people here as a unifying kingdom bridge, basically. So that's super exciting. And ironically, Oasis last year, which was essentially the Bridge Conference, is, is not going to be necessarily an international conference. Originally, that was supposed to just be a larger conference for everyone, not just women, like Rain was. Uh, but it ended up being that our first speaker was Russian, and Dennis had to translate, and a lot of Russian people love Sergey, so they all came to that. So basically, the Bridge Conference will be for Russian and English speakers, um, sort of like Oasis. And Oasis, we have a really awesome uh, keynote speaker lined up for that. That is going to be taking place the first week of December. And the Bridge Conference will be taking place in May. So, uh, yeah, those are the conferences. I'm super excited about those. Yeah, um, just, just to a clarification on the Bridge, on bridge Conference, uh, it's going to be international. A lot of Russian speakers will be here, but it'll be in English because the main keynote speaker will be English. So I invite you all to join. So yeah. there'll be an amazing international sense and feel here, right here in the middle of Cornfields, Ohio. You'll feel like you're like in the center of the world. Everybody speaks different languages. Yeah, so... Obviously, there are some intentions for discipleship in 2024, so they want to just bring me on and nothing happened. What I, where I want to start is actually I want to honor Karen Bruce, who's our children's ministry director, and Seth Skinner, who is our youth ministry director. So if you guys would give them a round of applause. There he is. Yes. We Seth is you. in the back right there, lurking. Um, so... But what I want to do is I want to come alongside those two ministries. Um, And like I said, with the singular focus, Dennis 
one something that people may not know is Dennis introduced what's called sermon prep, which is before someone speaks, they do like a rehearsal and they get feedback. I don't want to take credit because Neil did it before, but I jumped on the team. Okay. But he's very passionate about it, and he's very excited about it. Um, and it's actually done wonders for... We, we've actually always done sermon prep, but this is with a team. So, yeah. There we go. Okay. So what I want to start doing is, in a way, just helping those ministries to hone in on that one singular focus, which is the Father's love. You know, what are we communicating? What are we teaching? And what do we want our students to leave with when they are done in our ministries? You know, what kind of young adults do we want to be producing? What do we want them to believe? And so that's going to be a lot of helping to coach, mentor, and just help them to create vision around their ministry that they believe in and that they can run with. So that's going to be one of my main focuses in 2024. Amen. That's awesome. So something that we got a lot of requests for, and <laughs> this is super exciting. Uh, we've already been teasing it a bit, but um, it put us out so much last year that we were like, I don't know if we can do this, but my amazing wife found an awesome, awesome solution. So we now on our website have the Bridge Merch Store. And it is actually live right now. So you can go buy all kinds of shirts and hats and whatever. So at the moment, we have a gospel. So for those of you who remember the limited run shirts we did last year, the green ones and the black ones, they were with the bridge logo on the front and in Springfield as is in heaven and the gospel changes everything on the back. We have that in hoodie form. And that goes from extra small all the way up to 4XL. And then we have this year's theme, which is a limited edition. It's called the Homecoming T-shirt. And on the front, it has a house. On the back, it says Homecoming to the Father's Embrace. And then we have, this is really cool, because we always talk about, quote, unquote, crossing the chicken line as a church, which basically means stepping out of your comfort zone, maybe to go pray for someone or something like that. And we actually have a crossing the chicken line shirt, and there's a huge chicken on the back. And if you wear that shirt, I promise you, you will be given opportunities to cross the chicken line. Because people will be like, what's cross the chicken line? You're like, watch me. Anyway, so, so, and then we have a short sleeve, the gospel changes everything, youth t-shirt, which is like, you know, that could be like Ava, like a nine-year-old or to like, you know, a teenager age shirt. Then we have toddler t-shirts and then we have the gospel changes everything baby onesies. So Nancy and Emily get on that. And then we have trucker hats and the bridge dad hats. And what's really cool about both of those is that they're not vinyl printed. They're actually embroidered. So they're, they're sewn on the logo. So they're all super high quality. The really awesome thing about this is that when you buy these on our website, they do not come through the church at all. They will actually be shipped directly to your house. And we basically don't really make a whole lot of money on it. I think we make like $5 per item or something. But it's basically cutting us out of the scenario completely, which helps with stock. And it also helps... Um, we don't have to put forth like thousands of dollars to make the shirts to then give them to you guys. So... Um, yeah, so if you guys want to have bridge merch to wear around, we're going to add things to this, and we want to do, like, stickers and, and things like that for cars and whatnot. But right now, this is what we have available. It's the bridgespringfield.com slash store. It's all available right now. So um, I, just, I just need to mention really briefly that you would think my wife would be most excited about me being announced as discipleship pastor. She was most excited 
about the merch store <laughs> launching. She was like, all week, she was like, have you seen the designs? Oh my gosh, I can't wait till that's live. I think they're just gonna take all my money. I'm just like so excited about this. I was like, do you remember? Like, I'm, <laughs> okay, that's fine. Love me, love me. Um, yes, so um, I wanna transition really quickly. Something that you guys may not know is one of my responsibilities as an elder is I am on the finance team, which is an elder appointed uh, group of people to oversee and manage and come up with the budget and re-envision the budget. And so it's me, Lori Lively, who's our office administrator and our finance administrator, um, and then David Rowe, who is Wes's father-in-law, and he has years and years of experience in the business realm. So we were tasked with kind of re-engineering the budget in order to optimize stewardship and, and to reflect accurate spending here at the church just to make sure we're being the best stewards of the money that God has given us. And one of the significant problem areas that we discovered is actually designated giving. So an example of that is like the building loan fund um, or building renovation fund. So why that is an issue is because when people give to that, what happens is it stockpiles money in one account while other areas of the church remain unfunded or underfunded. So we have a lot of money sitting here that we legally cannot touch, but then other areas of the church are struggling to make ends meet as a result. So what we are introducing to you guys this year is what we are calling the Vision Fund. And the Vision Fund is one fund of money in which all of the ministries, everything at the church is funded through. Now, I know some of you, we don't want to dissuade anyone from giving to specific needs that God has laid on their heart. So a really good example of this is Trunk or Treat. Like, y'all showed up and showed out for Trunk or Treat. Like, I think Wes made, like, hey, we need this many things of candy. You know, we, we only have this much and we need more. And people are, like, you know, handing checks in and, like, pallets of candy are, like, showing up at the church. And it's just, like, the generosity was just... Yeah. Overflowing. Yeah, we needed twenty thousand, and we got thirty. So thank you guys. Yes, it was it was wild. You guys are passionate about candy, um, or like there was. A, it's a value of our church. It's a, value, it's a deep value of the bridge. Um, another example is there was a couple in the church that generously donated to have the new sign that says the bridge installed in front of the church. So we don't want to dissuade anybody from specific giving, but what we are wanting to move away from is like that designated giving that kind of, you know, yeah, splits all of the money up so that we can't use and steward the resources God has given us to the best level possible. Yeah, and when they restructured the budget, how that looks now is that everything we do as a church is in our church budget. So it's like, the actual loan payoff is part of our budget and so is missional giving and so is all these different things. So if you believe in the ministries that we support or if you believe in the things that we're doing at the church, 
basically, we, if you give to the Vision Fund, all those things will happen. Um, and what's so how that will look uh, for people who maybe aren't giving yet is basically you will just give to the Vision Fund uh, however much you feel God's calling you to give. Um, for those of you who are currently giving and who are splitting things up, if you want to give the same amount that you're currently giving, what that would look like is instead of writing multiple checks to multiple different places, you would basically combine those into one check that goes to the church um, so that we can distribute it where it needs to go. Uh, because like he said, there are, there are funds that have way access and it's like we literally can't use this money. And then there are funds where it's like, for instance, worship budget. <laughs> I literally can't, we have no money. So it's like, we can't improve anything. We can't do anything. Um, and so we're, we're kind of like, and not that's, that's a super important budget, but I'm just saying it's an example of like where we're kind of sitting as a church. And if we were to have one fund that everything came into, all of that would function so much more healthy, I would say. So, yeah. yeah. Amen. Speaking of funding, um, <laughs> come on. We... We hardly ever talk about money because it's, it's just something that is not passionate. Uh, we're not passionate about it for, for ourselves. Like, like, we'd rather talk about the gospel. We'd rather teach on, you know, uh, lots of other things than, than to, to ever talk about money. So we under-talk about money. Church growth experts say that you have to talk about giving at least three times a year. And I think this past year we did once. Um, and, and uh, I actually did a sermon on, uh, based on Jesus talking about giving, it will be given to you, pressed down. And, and I got a phone call uh, on the answering machine in the office that accused me of being a money-grabbing charlatan. And they actually, gave me a, they actually gave me a return number. I could call them back and let them tell me exactly how that you know, plays out in my life or whatever. And, and I was simply talking about being generous. Um, so guys, I don't like the subject of money. I don't, I'm not comfortable with it, but, but as these guys, as the finance team began to analyze um, what was happening with our finances in the church, one thing that was fairly disheartening for me, and I'm just being honest with you, is that we found out that uh, out of the giving units, in, in the potential giving units in our church, only 30% of the giving units were actually giving anything which means 70% of the, of the giving units were giving nothing. And, um, you know, as, I, as, as, as week to week as senior pastor of the church, um, I'm very in touch with our, our, our lacks, our needs. Um, and here's an example of this. Dennis went a year and a half as our, at the time we called him associate pastor, without receiving a dime, and yet he was working a full-time job at GFS and putting in 15 to 20 hours a week as associate pastor. And after a year and a half, we finally got enough money to pay him. Derek is, is coming on as our discipleship pastor. We can't pay him a dime. He is a full-time Christian counselor who is donating 15 to 20 hours a week, and he's not getting a penny. And I, I, there's something wrong with that. And so... All we're ever asking you to do, not, not being the money-grabbing charlatan, <laughs> all, all we're asking you to do is just pray and see what God would have you do. We're just asking you to pray and be obedient. Say, God, what would you want me to give to this church that I call my church home now? And, and just be obedient to that. If, if we could flip that 
where it's 70% of you are, are contributing to the financial support to keep the lights on, to keep the, the heat running, ministries running, um, paying the salaries of the, of the staff, um, then we wouldn't have any financial problems. I, I'm convinced of that. If, if it went from 30% giving and 70% not to 70% giving and 30% still praying, <laughs> still praying about what you're supposed to give, then, then, then we could flip the script and, and we, could, we could actually start paying our, our discipleship pastor. So yeah. just all I'm asking is pray well, and, and then be obedient. Go ahead, So Wes. I just want to say like two things. What we're not asking to do for is the people who are give, the thirty percent of the people who are giving to give more money because I mean and if you if you want to you can I mean that's up to you and the Lord but what I'm saying is we're really calling on the people who maybe haven't given anything yet or only give a little bit to pray about does God want me to partner with the church through my finances and and we believe personally we believe God is going to bless you that's the new that's the generosity covenant that Jesus has I mean like like you said it. When you give, Jesus will abundantly bless you. That's the generosity. Uh, that's the spirit of generosity. Um, and this is the thing. So when apparently, once, dad, once again, dad said church growth experts, it takes 10 new giving, what we call units, which is like a family giving uh, tithing, basically. Uh, 10 new family units tithing to bring a new person on staff full time. Uh, so uh, we have... I think we have approximately 200 giving units and about 70 are giving, I think something like that. So if we could double that, we would, we, if we literally had went from 70 to 80, <laughs> we would literally have enough to bring Derek on who, who then could transition into just full-time focusing on the church and the discipleship and stuff like that. So, I mean, we're basically only able to do as much on the rooms that we're focused on as we have time to do. So the more funds that we get in to bring Derek on, the more time he can actually focus on um, executing that discipleship vision. Can I add something? Sure. And that may be one more area of your life when you need to invite the love of the Father to set you free from fear. Because so many people are held by fear of financial lack and this fear actually keeps them in financial lack because God's principle is flowing it's it's giving so uh, I hope some of you will experience this because like giving doesn't come naturally it's a discipline it's a means of grace to learn so I, I hope uh, some of you will learn this this year 2024 we're gonna we're gonna wrap this now with um go just ahead, one last yeah, thing sure so um in the back of the seat in front of you oh, yeah. there is a envelope that is normally forgiving we've changed them it now just says vision fund and it basically is just how much <laughs> do you want to give if you want <laughs> to give to a specific project or if you want to give to a specific ministry you're going to actually need to come talk to us about that right, because right. um it um, we want to allow you to send it where it's going to go, but it's not going to be quite as easy as it was. It's kind of kind of function a little bit more like trunk or treat, like this is for this. Um, but um, we just, um, you know, now that we have a finance team that's just full on focusing on like this is going here, this is going here, this is going here, um, it's going to be really, really easy for us to be like, this is where we have a need. You know what right, I mean? Right. Instead of um, kind of being like, this is where I want to give this money. Uh, so if you guys would just pray into as well, like... Um, yeah, anyway, what I'll say is uh, that's for cash and checks, that's the new way of giving is we're basically just going to, that envelope is available and then the lock boxes or you can bring them to the Welcome Center 
Um, and then giving online is the same way. It's going to be just the vision fund as um, the option. So. Yeah. And the lockboxes are located here, here, and here. Yeah. Okay. We're going to close with... There um, may be an exit behind you. Yeah. We're going to close with praying for Derek. And uh, so we and got, invited Jim DeKaiser as a re- representative of the elders and to come up. What's that? And Kelsey. Oh, where is Kelsey? That's right. We want to bring her up. Come on, Kelsey. Kelsey, come on up. Come I on. know you're more excited about merch, but we want you to be prayed for here. All right. Come on up. And we're just going to we're gonna surround... Um, these guys and, and, and pray. Jim, we want you to lead off on. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing today in this church. We thank you for being a part, for us guiding us through uh, the, the, uh, the coming year, Lord. We, and we lift up to you, Derek, and we thank you for bringing him to us, Lord. We praise you and give you the glory for what you're doing here at the bridge. And we thank you, Lord, for bringing Derek on and pastoring us as your servants in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We just stretch your hands out as we pray for these guys. Um, Lord, we thank you for Derek and Kelsey and the gift that they are to us. Uh, they've been from the moment they walked through the doors. Uh, we thank you for their prophetic gifting. They, we, we thank you for the way you've wired them. Uh, Kelsey has come to us uh, with all her administrative guilt, gifting from her role at uh, Wittenberg with admissions. And, uh, Lord, she brings just a wealth of, of, of expertise in, in certain areas. And, um, uh, Lord, we thank you for this couple. Uh, Lord, we, we bless their marriage. And we thank you for uh, everything that they are together. And, Lord, we thank you for Derek and for giving him to us as the, the pastor to fill the gaps that um, Wes and Dennis and I uh, lack in. And so, Lord, we pray your anointing upon the, him and them, and we ask that you just bless them as they move forward in this venture together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Awesome. So we're going to transition into a time of worship right now, but what I did want to, give yourselves a round of applause, because you made it through Vision Sunday, and you were engaged, and you were, so like, thank you guys so much, and we're so um, excited, and we're so honored, and we just, you know, can't wait to see what God is going to do in this next year, so I'm just going to pray as we transition into worship right now, so if you will pray with me, King Jesus. We just hand today and this time over to you, Lord. None of this matters without you. None of this is important without you, Lord. And so we just want to glorify you. We want to honor you, Lord. We want to love you. We want our eyes to be fixed on you, Jesus. Because you're writing the story of this church. You're writing the story of the lives of each person in this room, Lord. And we just submit to that. And we just know that you are good. You're a good father. You have good plans for us. And so in Jesus' name, we praise you. We love you. We thank you. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this special Vision Sunday message. We hope you resonated with our leaders as they shared about the church's vision and calling. If you'd like to find out more information about our church, 
or to access other resources, visit thebridgespringfield.com or find us on social media at The Bridge Springfield.